Hallelujah. Greetings in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. Um, let's turn to the book of Luke uh, chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, uh, verse 5 to 7. I'm going to read from the translation I have uh, right here. Luke chapter 1, verse 5 to 7. It reads as follows. In those days of Herod, king of uh, Judea, there, there was a priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah, and he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name and her name was Elizabeth. They were both righteous in the sight of God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and requirements of the law, of the Lord. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and they were both advanced in years. Let's pray. Father, in the precious name of Jesus Christ, we uh, come to you, trusting you this morning, oh Father, that you will be with us. We know you are with us. Father, thanking you for the ability to share your word and to articulate the mysteries of the kingdom to our generation in Jesus' mighty name. Holy Father, we pray this day for everyone who is in this place that may you grant them whatever they are looking for. In the mighty name of Jesus, may you comfort them by your Holy Spirit during these difficult times. And may their breakthrough overtake them right now in the name of Jesus. But we also pray for those who are with us in spirit, watching online on our YouTube channel. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray that touch them wherever they are, in their homes, in their cars, in the streets, at work, wherever they are, Lord, we pray that you stretch forth your hand and heal them. You stretch forth your hand and prosper them and deliver them in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And Father, we thank you that as we share from your word, weights and burdens will be uplifted from our shoulders. We will experience your goodness in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. It's extremely cold, Bazalwane. Uh, let me try and give you also a cold sermon to complement uh, what we, uh, the weather. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm joking. Amen. Amen. How do you like my joke? Amen. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Anyway, Bazalwane, let's just get uh, to the business of the day. Our subject uh, today, Grace in Purpose. Grace in purpose, hallelujah. That's what we'll try and labor on. Uh, hopefully, by the grace of God, I'll talk about uh, grace in purpose, but that's the whole idea. Um, this uh, morning, uh, we are taking our teachings from the book of Luke, chapter 5, uh, chapter 1, sorry, uh, verse 5 uh, to 7. However, I'd like to give you a quick uh, background uh, this morning. Uh, regarding the book of Luke. Some of you, maybe you are reading the book of Luke with me. Um, we asked you to read the book of Luke. Uh, those who are in our WhatsApp group, they are reading the book of Luke with us, hopefully. So the sermon is coming from that. Uh, you should be at uh, chapter 6 or chapter 7 today. Amen. Basically, yeah, chapter 7. You by end of the day today, you should be at chapter 7. Uh, hallelujah. And if you are like me, you are supposed to be in chapter 8. You started a day after me, and that's okay. The pastor must be in, uh, one chapter ahead. So that's fine. I started on Sunday. You started on Monday. Uh, hallelujah. But the point, we are reading the book of Luke. So in my case, I've never really managed to really go beyond this chapter 1, even though I'm reading the other chapters but I'm stuck for reasons I don't 
yet understand. One day the Lord will make me understand. So I'll give you a quick background on the scripture. Then we get to the message I have for you. It's a very short message, by the way. So, But the background might be too long, as always. Hallelujah. So yeah, now the book of Luke really was written by a gentleman called uh, Luke. He was a doctor. When you read in the book of Acts, you'll begin to understand indeed he was a doctor. He's mentioned in the book of Timothy. He's, he's mentioned in the book of Colossians. In other words, Luke um, as a doctor and he was a physician. In other words, he was a medical doctor. Ne? He didn't have an honorary doctorate in preaching or music and stuff like that, but he was actually a medical uh, doctor. Uh, what you will learn from the books I've just mentioned, the book of Acts and the book of um, Colossians, um, Timothy, you will learn that um, Luke actually was fairly close to Apostle Paul. So that's one thing I just want to uh, mention uh, to you. Every time Paul did salutations, somehow he will throw in the name of Luke also. So he's a special man, but he was not one of the people who were with Jesus when Jesus was on earth. So he was more like me and you. All right? So in other words, the book of Luke is not an eyewitness news, you know. Uh, he's, this is based on other people's information from what he had and learned from others. Uh, Bible scholars or theologians, they'll tell you that actually he based this book of Luke from the book of Mark. We have already read the book of Mark, chapter 1 uh, to 16, the whole book of Mark. It's very important. Every Christian must read the book of Mark. Amen. So we are reading this one, but we are reading this book of Luke after we have read the book of Acts. Now, this book of Luke was written to a gentleman called Theophilus. Uh, I think this Theophilus was a very important person. Reason being, somebody writes a letter to him of this magnitude and nature. Not only that, when you read Acts, it's also addressed to the same gentleman. And the reason why it was written, it was to give Theophilus the certainty of the things that he has learned, the things he has heard, the things he now believes, is to give him the assurance, good to know, you are on the right faith, you are believing the right things, let me just add more to what you know. So this letter was written to somebody who already knows a lot about the faith, but he says, let me bring my two cents worth into what you already know. So why I'm sharing this is also you. You know so much about the things of God. Let me bring something more into your space, into your life. We know you read the Bible. We know you read the scriptures. I know you listen to other preachers. In fact, can I add and bring certainty to what you believe in? So that is, this was the whole point of the book of Luke. And this is the whole point why I'm preaching uh, this morning. Hallelujah. So if you have not read the book of Acts, I encourage you, go read the book of Acts. But this is the first letter he wrote for uh, uh, Theophilus. Amen and glory to God. In fact, if you read verse 4, it says that you might know the certainty of, the, of those things wherein you have been instructed. So it's very, very important. This is a teaching book. Let me give you a little bit more today. I feel like giving you uh, Bible information. I don't know what's wrong with me. I should be jumping into the weight, but let me give you a little bit of uh, Bible. Amen. And of course, so that you know that I'm still a pastor. Amen. I'm not a motivational uh, speaker. Amen. So what I discovered since we started reading the book of Luke, amen, I... I took the pages of Luke chapter 1 to 24 and took the Bible and did something like this. All right? Can you see? I did, I did this. Then I folded the book of John in between, hid it, and I took Acts, and I had something like this. I don't know if you get the idea. Then I did the naughtiest thing ever uh, for a pastor. I took Romans, 
all the way to Philemon and Titus. I don't know what is the last letter here, Paul, just before the book of Hebrews, okay? Uh, because I believe, actually, that Paul did not write Hebrews. Uh, reading, yeah, let me teach you Bible. Because I believe that Paul did not write Hebrews because every letter that Paul wrote, he he mentioned himself on the first paragraph, on the first paragraph, if not the second one. He always greeted, including his name, and the book of Hebrews does not have that. So it's like forcing it to say Paul wrote that. And when you look at the language, that that's not uh, Paul at all. Amen. But anyway, so I excluded the book of Hebrews. I took all the letters and I compared. And I came to this interesting conclusion, then I verified it. In fact, a person who wrote most of the New Testament, it's Luke. The book of Luke chapter 1, 224, Acts chapter 1, 228, they make up almost 50% of the New Testament. Literally so, yes, in volume of work written. Amen. You must pay me school fees after the service. Amen. You'll have to go to seminary to, to be taught this. Amen. I know most of you, you grew thinking Paul wrote most of it. Yes, in terms of the number of letters. But in the paragraphs, you know, or in the introduction, Luke wrote comprehensively as a doctor. I'm going somewhere with this. He wrote comprehensively. When you read Luke chapter 1 only, he takes you to verse 70 probably. I don't know if you noticed that. Did you notice that? When you read chapter 1, it goes all the way to verse 1. Now, this is important. Amen. Hallelujah. We can all, yeah, it goes to verse 80, just to prove my point. Uh, show me one letter written by Paul with 80 verses on the first chapter. Already we are going some, you understand by the time we finish chapter 5, Colossians, Ephesians combined probably. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Amen. So uh, Luke wrote comprehensively and extensively to really, really empower this gentleman called Theophilus. But it means he was a very important person for somebody to go at that length to write just for one individual. I'll give you everything you need to know about these things you believe, these things you have heard about. So I'm saying these things to encourage you to read the book of Luke. It will change your life. Hallelujah. And it's also written from our point of view, not from a Hebrew point of view, but for, from a point of view of somebody who was not really part of the commonwealth of Israel. Hallelujah. And glory to God. And together with this book, when you start to look at what Paul wrote, it complements or supplements what Paul did. In other words, he looked at the works of Paul, he realizes this is what I need to add in. So it's about, so it will complete your faith by reading this book of Luke. Amen and glory to God. Now, chapter 1, verse 5 to 7. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah, and he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. They were both righteous in the sight of God, walking blamelessly in all the uh, commandments and the requirements of the Lord, but they did not have a child because Elizabeth was barren and they were both advanced in years now you have to learn a few things if you're going to walk with god that your level of success does not indicate your level of holiness we have yeah why I'm saying that? Because some people, when they don't get breakthroughs, when they don't succeed, they think that they are sinning. It's not always the case, but sometimes you are sinning. Yes, I must also balance that. Some of you, you have no breakthroughs in your life because oh, just see, bigger for rock, oh, you are you are you you are swimming in the fat of sin, so there's no breakthrough in your life. But there are times whereby you are not living in sin and you still don't see a breakthrough. 
And that's what I want to push today. I'm talking to those people who said, we have fished all night long. We have done everything and still we don't see a breakthrough. I'm talking to that person. That don't lose hope. Oska hukela spotong, oska hukela bujwaleng, oska hukela huselemina, oska hukela hotabo, oska hukela tintonza hauta hale. Your breakthrough is on the way. Are we still together? Now, the Bible says this man was a priest. But not only that, he married a woman from the tribe of Levi, all right? A Levite woman, so they were both Levites. These were special people or peculiar people in the eyes of God. So he was a special person. Still, he had no breakthrough. But not only that, it says they were both, not just the men. It says the wife Elizabeth was righteous before the eyes of God. He was in good standing with the Lord. It says both of them, it says both of them walked blamelessly before God. It does not say they were not without sin, okay? Until Jesus came, people did have sin, but they were blameless before God. They did everything as the scripture required them to do. And glory to God. They were blameless before the sight of God. And they did everything that the Lord required from them. But if you read here, it says, but they had no child. I don't know how king. You are righteous, you are blameless, but you have no car. You are blameless, you are righteous, you have no business. You are blameless, you are righteous, you are holy, you are doing everything according to the thing, and uh, you are advancing age, and you have no house. Or you have, you don't, you know, there's something missing, you, you get the point. So we are not referring to just a child here, even though the scripture says a child, we can extend the part your child to look at other things that me and you might be lacking. Are we still together? Because Elizabeth was barren. Here's a woman of God. A faithful woman of God who was barren, who was not producing fruit. She was barren. And they were both advanced in age. Two problems here. Barrenness and age was against them. And this is a problem. But I'm here to say it was not their own doing. We are continuing on the theme that your God repurposing things. In other words, there was a reason, according to the plan of God, why they were the way they were, even though they were righteous before God. And therefore, you can't walk around judging others when they don't have the things you expect them to have, thinking that you are a better Christian because you have more. That does not make you a Christian. In fact, non-believers have more things. Therefore, we must challenge this gospel of promoting things ahead of righteousness. Hallelujah. It is a wonderful, to be, a wonderful thing to be prosperous. It is a wonderful thing to have things, to have the latest car, to have the biggest house, to have the latest whatever. To have the, it is a great thing. I also want those things, but those things will never determine my level of holiness or my worth as a child of God. They are immaterial. Therefore, don't put yourself under unnecessary pressure to perform. Hallelujah. Because prosperity, after all, comes from God. It does not come from your righteousness. It does not come from your holiness, but it comes from the goodness of the Lord. It has nothing to do with you. It is the Lord who determines whom to bless, when, at what time, at what hour, at which year. He decides who's going to be successful. Because the whole earth, after all, is supported by his word. And I'm giving you a word to support your faith uh, today and glory to God. Number one, purpose is more powerful than your current situation. Purpose is more powerful than your current situation. I'm going to repeat for the last time because the sermon has started. Purpose is more powerful than your current situation. Elizabeth 
was barren her entire life because God required a righteous and a blameless woman to bring forth a servant at an appointed time. Ah. By the way, we are talking people who were, when the Bible says they were advanced in the age, we are talking people who were in their 80s. But God had the purpose. Elizabeth, Lezacharias, they wanted a son with no purpose. But God wanted a son with a purpose. And because of the purpose of God, there was a delay in the life here, Elizabeth. Because of the purpose of God, there was a delay in the life of Zacharias. When they had probably, most probably, given up on having a child. And God shows up. I'm going somewhere with this. Hallelujah. Because the purpose of God for your generation will dictate the speed of your prosperity. I'm going to repeat. The purpose of God for your generation will dictate the speed of your prosperity. In other words, the time where you begin to prosper or the time you prospered had nothing to do with your plans, but it had everything to do with the plans. The problem is some of you, God prospered you early and you are eating God's stuff. He gave you whatever you have to advance his kingdom. He gave you whatever he gave you to be a solution or to be a blessing to society. But you are consuming what he has given you in your own selfish adventures. Because everything that God brings your way is for a purpose. In other words, when God gives you some one rand or some two rand, you must ask, or is it for me to bless the church? Or is it for me to bless uh, grandma so-and-so in such a village because she needs something? In other words, God brings resources your way so that you can be a channel of a blessing. They wanted a child for their own pleasure. But God wanted a child who's going to come before our Lord Jesus Christ. But they had to wait for the appointed time for the son to come. I think they are somewhere, Angiti. So the season for manifestation, right, has to do with the purpose of God. In other words, the time you bloom is determined by purpose more than anything else. If you read uh, further verses in Luke uh, chapter 1, Hallelujah. Verse 13, you will understand God says, I've heard your prayer. And I don't think it was a prayer when he was making it there. He was talking about your lifetime prayer. I've heard it. And this is the season for you to see the manifestation. So some of you, you have prayed, you have fasted, you have done everything, and there is no breakthrough. And I'm saying it's more about aligning yourself with the timing of God. It's about you aligning yourself with the purpose of God. You have done everything right, and I'm saying well done and congratulations. Now can you learn about the times of God, where you synchronize yourself with the time of God. Those of you who have been privileged to travel not far to the East Africa, for example, or even West Africa. I'm not talking crossing, crossing the seas here, okay? Crossing a few rivers. By the time you arrive in that country, if you are flying at least, when you jump off from the airport, the first thing you do, you take off your watch and adjust your time. Of course, if it's a cell phone, it will pick up the towers and rearrange itself quickly, okay? But if you are like me, who's old school, who wears a watch like this, not a digital watch, you have to adjust. Synchronize yourself with the time of where you are. Now, the problem is, listen to me, we come to the kingdom of God, right? From the kingdom of darkness. When we get into this kingdom of God, 
we come in with the time zone of the kingdom of darkness and we want to operate in, with the wrong time zone in the kingdom of light it is a completely different time zone and i'm saying to you wherever you are whether you are here with me here or you are someone on the internet listening it is that time of the day to synchronize your time with the times of god with the times of the kingdom of god god does not operate in the time of the kingdom of darkness he has a time for his kingdom and every child of god must synchronize their watches with the kingdom of god and when i'm talking about the watches not a physical watch but your understanding of time with the understanding of God you have to you understand that you have to change something are we together hallelujah and maybe some of you buy normal analog watches it will help you because from time to time you'll have to set it up to you know unless if you have a cheating one like mine apparently takes four years before it loses time but after four years i must sit down and set it up and synchronize make sure i'm still in this right time zone who hears what i'm trying to say but even now, now listen to this i know i'm being a bit scientific i'm going to get to the point those of you who have analog watches doesn't matter what brand it is okay if it's analog you go to rocks that are magnetic okay in other words you go to an area that is full of magnetic rocks whether you go to tabazimbi or the kuruman areas where there are those type of rocks okay where they are mining your iron and manganese and things like that usually there's a lot of iron your your watch can be affected by the magnetism coming from the ground and if you are not careful your watch will always be out of time right and therefore you must always check it against it another one and calibrate it what am i trying to say even in the things of god you came to the kingdom of light but from time to time make sure that your watch is synchronized because there's a lot that happens that can take you out of time some of you you don't know if you have an analog watch you hit this and it's not a good quality it will be out of time with a with a, a millimeter of a milli a second whatever and over time as you keep on hitting things you'll be out of time completely and that is why very expensive watches they know how to readjust themselves every day analog ones but those are very expensive okay buy me one and my advertising father's day is next week <laughs> hallelujah <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, it's a joke, Bazalwane. It's a joke. It's a joke. Hallelujah. We still need a building. But, but you get the point, right? If, in the natural, things have to be calibrated from time to time. I saw you, you are scanning me. I don't know if you have calibrated that scanner. Hallelujah. Or you are, you are telling me my temperature is 32 or 36 against what? Have you calibrated it? Did you get what I'm saying? So things have to be calibrated. So when you come to the kingdom of God, always calibrate yourself with the things of god so you can operate with the mentality of the world if you did not hear me up to this point all i'm trying to say don't bring the mentality of the world into the kingdom of god there's a different mindset here there's a kingdom mindset you must think like a kingdom person and kingdom people they think according to the will of god according to the scriptures because they know and know that everything hinges on the word of God. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. What am I going to do with these notes? I think I must throw them away. All right. But the point I'm trying to say, the purpose of God is more powerful than the circumstances around you. Align yourself to the purpose of God. Calibrate yourself to the purpose of God. Do yourself that favor. You will never find yourself pressurizing yourself. Hallelujah. They never gave up on God, this couple. Even when things, the Bible says, when they got the good news that they're going to have a son, this man of God was serving. 
He was doing the work of the ministry. He had not given up on God. Some of you, you come to church, you got born again last week, and after a month, you don't get your breakthrough. No. God who has his plans for your life, you have to throw away that mentality and embrace the new and glory to God. Amen. Yeah. So in other words, without the purpose of God in her life, chances are she could have had a son earlier or never had a son, one of the two. But because of purpose and the way God had designed things, this son had to come at a particular point in time and Elizabeth and Zacharias were the instruments. Hence the experience delay. Can I ask you a question? What's causing your delay? If it is not matters of sin and other things, what's causing your delay? Could it be the purpose of God? And if it's the purpose of God, it's not time to give up. Of course, if it's other factors, attend to them. If you're lazy, start to work hard. All right? So I'm talking to those who have done, say, I've worked hard, I've submitted CVs, uh, I've had somebody say, I've submitted 400 CVs, no reply. Go 401, continue. It's not time to give up. Hallelujah. Because you don't know God wants you to submit how many. When a kubega wins, right. Never give up is not the time to throw in the towel. Hallelujah and glory to God. Now, let's, let, let, let's get to the, to the point and finish the message. What I'm saying this morning as number two, purpose will supersede unbelief. Luke chapter 1 verse 20. Purpose will supersede unbelief. In other words, purpose will override your unbelief. I know we are faith people. We are the word of faith people. But can I add a further dimension? That's if it has not been added in this dream of ours. We believe you must have faith. But what if I tell you sometimes, even when you don't have faith, purpose will override everything and things will still be done. Before I read you the scripture, think about Abraham. You preach and make noise about him, call him the father of faith. Must I tell you the truth? He never believed what God told him. When I'm being a real preacher now, being honest, Abraham didn't really believe everything God told him. Sarai never believed everything. They questioned. But guess what? Because of purpose, they still got the promise. And because of purpose, they became the father of faith. Ah, Miss Call. Miss Call. In other words, all your mistakes because of purpose will be forgotten. And we will say he was a person of faith. Amen. Look at Luke chapter 1, verse 20. No, no, no. Me, I'm preaching to the real world, I'm preaching to the real people. And I'm preaching, my wife knows uh, uh, over the couple of months or years, my heart is more on the younger ones. You have a see how fiery I was last week talking. Don't touch young people. Leave young people alone. I'm their pastor also. I like them. Right? But this is what I want to ask us to read here. We have to be honest and be real about some of these things. Because you have stretched your faith and nothing happened. And that shows you. Purpose is greater than your faith. But not only that, purpose is greater than your unbelief. Either one of them. But it's great when you synchronize your faith with the times of God. And therefore, you'll always get results. And I think we spoke, emphasized more faith and we uh, discounted the fact that you must be aligned with the purpose of God. And that's my contribution, Theophilus, here in Bible Church. I'm just saying, I know you know so much about the things of God, and I thought I might just bring a little bit into your space, then add a little bit of meat. Uruskaba discouraged. Amen. Verse 20, and behold, you shall be silent and unable to speak until the day when these things take place. Listen, why? Why? 
because you did not believe my words with which will be fulfilled in their proper time. My sermon is summarized here. They say, well, not because you don't believe, you're not going to talk. Because for the next nine months, you're going to be mute. Are why? Are until these things come. Are you did not believe? I'm not going to give you a chance to correct yourself. So volume low more much. And once your mouth is closed, these things are going to take place. He says, "This thing you did not believe. This thing, sona. It's it's coming, sona. It's you don't believe, but it's coming. I'm saying God has something in store for you." Even when you don't believe, he's coming in the name of Jesus. Because God has a purpose for this generation through your life. Even when you don't see yourself as a significant person, God sees you as such. And God will do whatever he wants to do with your life. Yes, he has given you free will. But I'm here to say the purpose or the will of God will override your will. Are because you did not believe my words. You never believed these words here. This was an angel talking. And this was not just an angel. Maybe I must give you another Bible lesson quickly. This angel had a name, Young. There are only two angels with names in the Bible. I don't know if you know. Okay, three. The other one, Lucifer. <laughs> okay, let's get rid of Lucifer out of the picture. There are only two angels. Again, Lucifer is the angel of darkness. Now, there are two angels according to the scriptures with names. Michael and Gabriel. This was a big deal, young. <laughs> you don't know what I'm talking about. I can see you don't know what I'm talking about. Go ask Abraham who was that angel that spoke to him. Oh, it's an angel of the Lord. This one came with a name. This was a big deal. They sent the big one. They sent somebody with the title, Gutambu Mjel. And you did not believe my words. I see again, Lab. But you know what? These words that I've said, they're going to be fulfilled in their proper time. These words are going to be fulfilled in their proper time. The word that has been spoken over your life, the man of God or the woman of God or the scriptures never lied. Those words will be fulfilled in your life in their proper time. You have to understand the times of God. Whatever God has promised you is coming. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Whatever God told you or they've said or whatever you believe God is saying to you. Yes. And sometimes no more call. I've had one man of God. I, I, some of you will know who it is. Are you stumbled upon it? Because some of you, you want to give yourself too much credit for your faith, but the fact is, you stumbled upon it. You know that you wanted to quit. You know you had given up. You know you were walking away, and they called you. They say, "Hey, come back for the job." They said, "We still need you." When, you were, when already you were, you, you were hanging up your, your gloves or your soccer boots, whatever, they gave you a call. They said, no, we still need you. It had nothing to do with you about God himself because he still had a plan. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah and hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Let me tell you something. I never told you this one. I was working in some company. It's only two. I work for Anglo Platinum and uh, uh, this other company in Bryanston. I don't want to mention them. They're too close. Hallelujah. Yeah, good company. In 2008, we had a recession. And they got rid of a lot of people. I also got a chop for a few hours. They say, AB will let you know when things are fine. And I left. Before I even slept, before six o'clock, they phoned me. They say, hey, we need you tomorrow morning. You must be here. Go to site. There's a big job for you, for us as a company. And the company survived on the job. Did I pray? Should I tell you? 
I didn't. I was hurt at that particular moment. <laughs> but guess what? With that job, I think three years or so, that was a good mil uh, cow for milk, you know, they, we, we, you know, they really, you know, it was really milk, that thing, you know what? And I was at the center. It had nothing to do with my faith. It had to do with the purpose of God. I don't know if you, you hear what I'm trying to say. So we, we, you have to th see things from the eyes of God. Now, let's, let's, let, let, let's quickly finalize this message so that we go home. So the purpose of God for your generation will supersede your faith and lack thereof. Zacharias never believed, yet it did not hinder the purpose of God. That's, that's power. That's, that's power. Most nantumelo. Okay, you guys who think I'm teaching heresy, let me teach you a little bit. He goes there by the, uh, by the pool. A man who has been there for 38 years. He says, do you want to be made well? He spoke stories. He never had faith to be made well. He gave stories. Guess what? Jesus says, pick up your mat, walk. It had nothing to do with his faith, but the faith of Jesus. Be ready for the next sermon, not next week. The next one, get the faith of Jesus. You have heard about the faith of Abraham and the faith of Mangmang and the faith of Mangmang. You have never heard about the faith of Jesus. I'll teach you about the faith of Jesus will override every situation in your life. So this is where I'm going with this message that it is all about the word of God. It's all about the faith of Jesus. It's all about the purpose of God. And there's a lack of cash. Yes. And there are many, many, many stories. <laughs> there are many stories. There's another one you like. Jesus said your faith made you well. But I'm telling you, Jesus is the generous man. But I'm being honest now. Being a real guy. That woman, she said, if I may touch his garment. There was an if there. And I'm just saying it was not full. I see you again. If I get that opportunity, the likelihood is there. And what am I trying to say to you as Alwan? The purpose of God is more important than anything around us. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Here's another one for John chapter 11. The sisters, they say, if you had come early, he will not have died. But Jesus says, no, this one is sleeping because it's for the glory of God that this happened. Why? Peoples had to happen. Even when they had, they say, they say, it's stinking the Lord. Don't, don't go in. Okay, I won't say that word. Everything <laughs> after tears. Not given up. But Jesus raised a man in an environment when everybody had given up. Three days later, he raised him from the dead for his purpose. Oh, <laughs> I pray that you hear what we are saying this morning. So all I'm trying to say, don't be too hard on yourself. Try and understand the purpose of God sometimes. So I still want you to have faith. I want you to have belief. I want you to pray. I want you to fast. I want you to be righteous. I want you to be holy. I want you to study the word. I want you to go to church. I want you to do everything according to the book. But after you have done everything to stand, stand. Don't be too hard on yourself. That's why most people uh, uh, backslide. Maybe I should have said your secret, uh, secret key to not backsliding. People backslide because things are not happening. They are going to happen at their proper time. Let me see how I do that. Okay. This is how you have to understand. Everything in this life hinges on the power of the word of God. 
Everything is, yeah, this is powerful. Everything is at the mercy of the word of God. Ah. Your life is at the mercy of the word of God. Your career is at the mercy of the word of God. Not the mercy of your employers. Not at the mercy of Corona. Eh? Not the mercy of the mercy of the word of God. Because everything depends on the word of God. Remember, the word of God is the will of God. But anyway, there's a man in the scripture, is a centurion. Jesus, he needed Jesus to heal a servant. And this man says to Jesus, don't come to my house. I know something that my generation does not know. Speak the word. I speak the word and my servant shall be well. You have to be like him. How to speak the word? He was saying, speak the will of God into being. Harry, speak the way it was. He was saying, speak the purpose of God into being. Can this situation align itself with the weight, with the will, with the purpose of God? He knew something that this generation needs to know. Hallelujah. Actually, maybe let me put it this way. Any form of faith that is not synchronized or calibrated according to the word of God is wishful thinking. It has to be in line with the calendar. Hallelujah. I'm not sure if she has anything to do with this. God just showed up on this one. I can see how it's written. I'll fix this one. Because and sometimes that's how God happens. Then we know why this is a Maybe as Hallelujah. We had a young man in our wonderful church. Raising. It, it has nothing. It is the Lord who adds to the church. It has nothing to do with me. How? It didn't work. It didn't work. You get the point. When I started to say, maybe I was going to say, it has nothing to do with me. Hallelujah. But you get the point, eh? You, you understand where I'm going to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think you guys, you understand, really. <laughs> so allow God to realign and repurpose you and everything around you so that you can shine his light, so that his grace can be revealed in you. It is about God. It's about the Father. It is about the Son. It is about the Holy Spirit, not you. A four by four has nothing to do with you but God. A big house has nothing to do with you but God. A mega church has nothing to do with you but God. A big pocket with big money have nothing to do with you but God. It's all about what God wants. So the secret to success is what you want is not important, but is what God wants. So know what God wants. Because at the end of the day, what goes is what God wants. Luke chapter 1, verse 20. And then I'm almost done. Last point, quickly. Purpose precedes grace. Like I have told you. The title I get grace in purpose. You want to see grace in your life. You want to see unmerited favor. Let me tell you now, if you are watching online, you need to finish the message. The nice things of the message are always at the end, but you must get the background. You want to experience what they call unmerited favor, or you want to be qualified by God for his blessings. Then you need to understand his purpose. 
Purpose precedes grace. Let me show you quickly Galatians 3, verse 13 to 14. Quickly. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. Can you see that? This is what God, God this is the grace of God. Redemption is grace. We didn't deserve to be redeemed, okay? But he came and he redeemed us, okay? He came and he bought us from slavery. He took us out from uh, 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 the hands of the devil, okay? He bought us from the curse of the law. He did that. Having become a curse for us, he became, that's great. Jesus became what we're supposed to be so that we can become what he is, okay? So that is grace, ne? For it is written, curse is everyone who hangs on the tree. Christ died on the cross for me and you, all right? That's grace, okay? What happened in the cross of Calvary, there's one way that describes it. It's called grace, okay? In order that in Christ Jesus, ah, that the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles. Yeah, yeah, I see papers in Namojwale. In order that in Christ Jesus, the blessings of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we will receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So before this promise can come to us, I get it, papers. God said, I want the Gentiles to be part of this. And for this to happen, that's, that's purpose, I get it. My purpose is for the Gentiles to also drink from the well. They must drink from the river of life. They must experience the power of the Holy Spirit. That's purpose. God wanted us to be part of these things. He says, for it to be possible, grace is necessary. In other words, if God did not see it necessary for us, listen carefully, to, to, to experience the blessing or the promise of Abraham, Jesus Christ and John chapter 3 verse 16 will have read like this, for God so loved Israel that he sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to die for Israel. But no, it does not read like that. It says he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, anyone who believes in him should have eternal life. In other words, the purpose was so that all of us can be part of this. Then he sent Jesus. Do you hear what I'm trying to say? So, so the grace of God manifests in our lives because of the greater purpose. In other words, where there is no greater purpose from God, there is no grace. Eating secret quickly as you go home. In the absence of purpose, grace cannot manifest. For example, when I buy a car, all right? And when you buy a car, can I tell you something about it? I get redemption is like buying back, all right? When you buy a car, it's for two reasons for me. You can have more, all right? It's to serve my purpose. I buy a car to serve my purpose. From A to B, to spin it, to race it, to play music, for my indulgence, right, Dagger? Eh, to carry my friends, to carry my family, to carry my grandmother, to go show off. I don't know. I buy it for that. This is my purpose. I get it. Not God's picture in me as an individual. That's the reason why I'll buy a car. There's a reason. If you are singing like Gabriel, you want a wife. So you buy a car. You want to impress the ladies. That, no, that is his purpose. I'm not saying it's a correct purpose. Including the list I made, I'm not saying that's a good purpose. Okay, We buy these things to satisfy us. You buy a TV because you want to watch soccer. All right. So what am I trying to say? You never buy these things for their own pleasure. The car you buy is not for it to enjoy itself. The TV you buy is not for, actually it prefers to be off because <laughs> it heats up. Okay. Do you understand? I get it. So what I'm trying to say, whatever people acquire, is for their own purpose. You, now, when God bought us by the blood of Jesus, when he redeemed us, it was not for our own pleasure, but it was for his own pleasure. It was for his own purpose. It was for his own desires. It was for his own intended use. He has a plan. By the time he redeemed you, he knew what he wants to do with you. That is why when you go to the shop, already you know what you want to use the item for. You don't just buy it. it and the item can tell you this is how you use it. That is why some of us, we know how to repair things. 
We can buy a flower and use it differently because I don't have to follow the manual that came with the flower. I bought it. It's now mine. I'll dictate how it's used. All right. And it's also a bit foolish, okay, to ask the flower to read the manual, okay? Hello, amen. Let me leave it there. Hallelujah. So when we come to God, hallelujah, we must understand or be aware that we are going to be used by God. And for me, is to align myself with his purpose. I must allow him to use me whichever way. Hallelujah. Why? Similarly, he has redeemed us from the curse of the law so that he might achieve his purpose in our generation. He wants to use us. Whatever it is, he wants to use you. Are you with me? So what am I trying to say? When God prospers you, it's not for you to enjoy. I'm going to repeat it. He prospered you for his purpose. The problem, most of you, you took the modim, that you used differently. You repurposed them. It was not for you. Imagine you want to switch on your TV, you want channel mama, and it's refusing, wants to. <laughs> and you bought it with your own money to enjoy it. And most people, you live your lives like that. God is trying to program you in a particular way. You are refusing. You want to be, when? Hey, Matade. Just go with the flow. Yamudim. We like it cinematic, you know, and just go with the flow. Don't tell us next door. But Bazalwane, we come to the kingdom of God. We want to be like next door. You want to be like people in the kingdom of darkness. I mean, let me get into trouble now as I close the message. I've been telling her the whole morning. There's this fashion of tattooed pastors, for example. I'm not going to agree with that. I have never seen a verse that really support that. I'm not going to win young people to our church by going and tattoo myself. I, w understand that? I don't have to. If I have tattoos, they are okay. But if I don't have them and I don't like them, I don't have to now because I want Bonkosi, Lebo Lindelani, Lebo KB Batekreking. I must ink my entire body just to win them to the Lord. That's that's a lost pastor. You must have a word, man of God, if you are listening to me, by the way. Have the word. People come to the word. People are looking for the word. They are not looking for your sense of fashion. They are not looking for your fancy suits. They are out of fashion. And they are not looking at your latest sneakers because maybe they are also out of fashion. They are looking for the weight. So we have to understand these things that for purpose, yeah, high, and it's so important. What we must do, we must not squander the things of God and use them the way we want. Hallelujah. Okay, let's close. God performs everything he has promised. Not because of you really, but because of his purpose. Let's close there. Zachariah had a son, and so is Elizabeth. Because of the purpose of God in their lives. So whatever now, I'm telling you, including what you're wearing, it's for his purpose. Be careful how you use the time God has given you. The clothing, the cars, the houses, they are all for God's good pleasure. And I'm calling everybody to repentance. That everything that we are is for the purpose of God. Amen. In other words, sorry I went over time. Without close. Without purpose, prosperity will puff you up. You will brag thinking that you are better while it was God who prospered you.
Uh, now nah, let me be honest, just to show you as I close in prayer. I never went and went to God and said, God, I want to be born in South Africa, and I want to be born in the Val, and then grow up uh, in Soweto. I never applied for that. And I never said I want a vendor father and a Sutu mother. Uh, 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 you know, I never applied for it had nothing to do with me but the purpose of God. And now that is why it's a silly thing to, to oppress other people because of their skin colors because no one went and applied to be black or white. We are what we are because of God. He chose us to be the way we are. And all we must do, never abuse what God made us to be. But use what God made us to be for his purpose and glory. I mean, now we are Ghana. I mean, as I love my parents so much, okay? I love where I grew up. There's a good heritage. But everybody will have wanted to grow up in Bill Gates' house. Don't you think it will be wonderful? Don't you think so? Hallelujah, but you get the point. Amen. So my point is, whatever you have, it's not really an indication of who you are, but of the purpose of God in your life. The more he blesses you, the more you should be asking, what do you want from me, Lord? How do you want to use me? He's blessing you for a greater purpose. Let's close in prayer. I have so much.